credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vitruvian Man podcast, a podcast centered around self-mastery. I'm your host, Zach Schenken. Today, I'm joined by Vash Tomanek. Vash has an incredible story. He went from delivering Uber Eats to self-made millionaire in just two years. Vash runs a marketing agency, is currently in the process of exiting a software company, and is the co-founder of Mindtrepreneur, a, a company focused on helping young entrepreneurs scale their businesses and lives by mastering their minds. Vash, welcome to the show. Thank you, Zach, for having me. Uh, first, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't start this thing by uh, shouting out my boy Jack for connecting us over over Instagram. I appreciate him uh, making that connection for us. I uh, had Jack on the podcast uh, at the very beginning of my journey. I can't remember what episode it was. I think somewhere in the teens, but it's been a wild ride so far. And and he's a cool dude going doing cool stuff. So I'm, it's cool that you guys connected. Did he actually enter into your program? How did you guys connect? Yeah, he, he got me to his podcast. So we did the episode together. And maybe he even joined the program. I'm not really sure now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, Jack's a cool kid. And uh, he's doing cool things. And we're definitely at, you know, similar places early in our entrepreneurial journey. Um, myself and Jack, that is so it's cool to kind of grow alongside these guys. And uh, I love that he's sharing the the wealth of the network. And I'm excited to pick your mind. So Typically, the way I like to start these things off is just giving you the floor to tell a little bit about your origin story. You know, I kind of center my business and my focus and interest around the world. I call it self-mastery, but you can call it self-actualization, self-development, whatever. So I'm kind of curious, like, tell me a little bit about your journey to that. And was there a kind of inflection point with someone who came into your life, a book you read, something that kind of flip the switch for you. I'm, I'm always curious about, you know, people go from their former selves to this kind of elevated world. So kind of tell me a little bit about that. And then obviously kind of the exciting story of the last two years. hundred mm -hmm. percent. I don't know how long this story will be, but I always share a lot of principles within the story and the strategy I've used myself. So I come from the Czech Republic, small country in Europe. Uh, I've never been exposed to entrepreneurship. Nobody in my family is an entrepreneur or in much into self-development. So I followed the usual path, uh, to get a very likely corporate job. Uh, and basically what happened when first turning porn happens, Zach, was when I was 18, I read the book, rich dad, poor dad. And in that moment, I realized, man, there is so much more potential than I thought, especially in terms of like what you can do uh, in terms of a job. Now, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I just didn't know an idea. I was like, I want to have my own business. I want to have my own business, but I didn't know what, what to start. I didn't know uh, kind of even if I need capital that I didn't have, of course. And all of these things were blocking me and especially I was procrastinating. And looking back, I know I was procrastinating on starting my own business because of a fear. I had a fear of being rejected, fear of failing, fear of not being good enough because English isn't my first language. So I was like, people will laugh at my English and all of these insecurities. So next few years, I was just reading books. And even though it was giving me something, it was more like productive procrastination, right? I already knew kind of what I could do, but I wasn't taking an ac any action towards it. And I see it with a lot of young people. They have idea, they want to have their own business. They want to have the financial location, time freedom, but not much is happening. And basically the turning point for me was when my now best friend, business partner, John, and back then uh, I invested uh, into him as a mentor. He told me, Vash, nothing is going to change in your life until you change. And it was eye-opening because I always thought I'm missing something. I need another YouTube video. I need another course. I need better information. <laughs> but when John told me this, I started to look within and I started to look, okay, what needs to change about me 
to produce the results externally. So that was kind of the first journey to get to the realization point. And once he told me that, I was like, okay, I will make my dream happen, which was back then hitting $10,000 a month. That's something I wanted to hit. I knew that will allow me to live the life I wanted. And I chose the business model, social media marketing agency. So I just chose marketing agency for e-commerce and I was focusing on US and Canadian e-commerce stores. And basically I did only three things. Again, principle number one is you need to do something daily towards your dream, not just dreaming about your dream, but actually doing something. But you could be doing millions of things. So I tell people choose free. What are three things you could do every single day that will get you closer? My where I will record 10 personalized videos to potential customers to get meetings. I would study sales for an one hour each day because I know if I learn sales, I will never go hungry because every business needs sales. And if you get really, really good at it, you will always sell amazingly. You will always learn great money. And last task was 15 minute visualization. So visualizing that the goal is already a reality. And bear in mind, guys, that I was still delivering food for Uber Eats. <laughs> I'd never earned $10,000. I'd never had that sort of money in my bank account. So I use visualization to break the belief that it's possible. And what happened next, Zach, is next 63 days, I recorded 630 videos without missing a day. So I haven't missed on these actions any days. And nothing happened after 60, 630 videos. No meetings, no clients, no money. And I know that virtually everybody would give up at this point, but I was like, not me. I knew that my time is coming. I'm compounding the actions. And that would happen in the next 27 days. I hit the 10,000 doors. So I went from zero to 10,000 doors in 90 days. Then I went to 50,000 doors in the next six months and around $100,000 a month in the next 12 months. And that's how I get this entrepreneurship journey started. It's amazing. I think you have a talent for telling your story clearly, um, well thought through and well practiced. And I want to address that almost immediately is um, where do you think this like ability to storytell and articulate? Because it's, it's like kind of a meta principle, a meta skill for all of business, right? Like you kind of alluded to sales. It's another one of those things that if you're good at selling, you're also good at selling yourself in dating or networking um, and even kind of how you storytell around yourself in your head. So two things is one, where did that storytelling kind of develop or was it part of that, you know, just building those videos and doing the reps? And then secondarily, what were some of the principles you were using in that visualization that you think made it actually come to real reality versus a lot of people, you know, they'll put a Pinterest board on their wall, but that stuff doesn't come into their life. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So first about the storytelling, it's just practice. Like communication is one of the best skills. It goes hands in hand with sales, but a lot of people don't know how to maximize the time they study a skill because you could read a book on sales or you could go in front of a mirror and speak to yourself your script or you can have a role play with a friend or you can have an actual sales call and basically we are going from the lowest quality we could say to highest quality and i'm always looking like how can i maximize this you know so when it was selling i would speak in front of a mirror i would do multiple role plays and i would study back my sales calls to maximize each hour i spend basically learning the same happened when I wanted to become even better at speaking. I booked 30 podcasts in a month <laughs> again. So I did so many podcasts and each podcast made me better rather than reading a book about storytelling or about speaking. So I always tell people is rather than learning on YouTube, how to edit videos, get a client for free and edit their videos for free. You will learn a hundred times more by doing than actually just passively consuming information. So that's the first answer to your question. To answer the question with the visualization is like this. I tell people that for a belief, to believe something, you need evidence. 
For example, if you went three times on holidays and three times every time a client left you, what are you going to believe? If I take time off, clients leave. Or I can't take time off will be the ultimate belief. So if I've never earned $10,000 a month, I've never had that sort of money, I don't believe it's possible because it was outrageous number back then. But I use visualization to build evidence because when we close our eyes and we, tr we are truly present, we don't know the difference between what we visualize and what we truly experience. And the listener can try it after this podcast. If you close your eyes and visualize standing on the top of a skyscraper, looking down, all of a sudden your palms will start sweat. How come you're sitting in your room, but you're sweating, your heart is beating faster. The only difference is that the brain literally don't know the difference. So I would visualize a scenes, certain scenes that would confirm I already uh, earned that sort of money. So I would wake up, I would check my Stripe account, I would see their $10,000 and I would run to the living room and shouted, mom, dad, I did it. And I would high five them. We would open champagne, we would celebrate. And the more I visualized it, Zach, the more I believed that I'm already making $10,000 a month. And a few weeks later, what started to happen? I started to act like it's already true. And when you start acting like it's already true, what happened? I started to speak more confidently. I hold in my posture more confidently. I took bigger action. And these are all differences that people do compared to somebody who doubts himself. Oh, can I really do it? I don't know. $10,000 seems like a lot. And this applies to any goal people have. Then if you're doubting yourself, you will take less action. On sales call, you will be less convincing. Your posture will be very likely like forward. You will speak slower. So the visualization allowed me to truly believe that the goal I once said was already real. And therefore I started acting like it was already real. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I think uh, you touched on an important point and it's almost missed, I think, in the visualization, manifestation, how to achieve your goals kind of space is that attaching that emotionality, because you're not just conjuring the image, but you're actually putting yourself in the feeling of how it's going to feel, making it as granular as possible so that your brain can kind of translate it into that emotional state. And it's funny because you said you need evidence, like action is going to follow. The evidence will give you the mood, right? But you're almost... Mm -hmm creating fictional evidence with the power of your mind. So it's kind of this weird kind of loop almost. Um, and speaking of loops, I, I also have tattoos. Can you tell me a little bit about the tattoo on your arm? I, mean, I noticed it a few times when you raised your arm. Yeah, Is I have here. I have abundance here. It's abundance here. It's grateful. So these are my two tattoos. I love it. When, uh, when in the story did that come into your life? Was that before all of the, material success as a point of manifestation or something that was kind of an affirmation later? Yeah, the grad, both of them are reminders. You know, if you walk into my home or you use my phone, I have reminders everywhere because human nature is to forget. I could tell you the biggest nugget that is going to change your life if you apply daily, but maybe I will tell you the nugget again in a month and you say, oh, I totally forgot. <laughs> you know, so the human nature is to forget. So I want to make sure I don't forget. And I remind it to myself over and over again until it becomes a habit. So with the grateful, it's just a reminder because I had a few situations in my life, like some, uh, some breakup, and I started to feel a little negative towards life. Even though my business was doing amazing, I had loving family around me. I had just great lifestyle. So I tattoo it as a reminder, hey, man, even if something is going bad, you have always thousands of things to be grateful for. And I believe that gratitude is multiplier. So I just tattoo it. And every time I look at my arm, I'm like, yeah, let's let's express some gratitude. So that's the first one. Second one was just when I started to make for my standards quite a lot of money, I was like probably making like half a million uh, a year which was 
profit, which was back then a lot of money, but I was still operating from scarcity due to some childhood programs like we don't print money you know what if you lose it all you need to save up for the rainy days so even though i was making very good money i was still acting like i don't have money you know i would still obsess about price tags i would maybe be afraid to to make certain purchases you know so i decided to make a change like, no, I'm becoming abundant and I follow certain principles of mine. And I was like, let me solidify the change that the scarcity vash is that and the abundant vash was reborn. And that's when I decided to to make the second tattoo. I love that. Yeah, I know gratitude is super fundamental. I've talked about it on this podcast before, as well as it's, you know, it's one of the core principles right at the very beginning of my program. I have guys, mm. I give them kind of this morning mindfulness stack. And one of the most important things is you write down three things, very specific things that you're grateful for every single day. And I, I do it in my own notebook. I can't reach it right now, but um, every single morning, it's one thing I start. And I love that you said gratitude is a multiplier because I do think that the universe listens and one thing i heard uh from I, some spiritual teacher but basically it was like the universe only says the word yes so if you say man my life sucks the universe says yes it does and here's why and it'll give you more reasons but likewise if you say my life is abundant i'm grateful for the things that i have i always have more than i need the universe says yes and here's why um yeah. so writing down things that you're grateful for you'll be rewarded with more of them and more things to be grateful for hundred percent and to add on to it again with the gratitude i like to kind of incorporate it in my day let's say somebody does it in the morning which is amazing i also like to do it before eating you know because you eat three four times a day some some people eat more but it's almost a habit that you do anyway so before you start eating let's express two three things you're grateful for i do it with my girlfriend even in restaurant we just hold hands and we just stay save two three things each of us is grateful for and again you will be more present you will digest the food better you will enjoy the dinner more all of these things and to add on to what you said with the universe again I, again to make it maybe more practical or how i like to look at it it's almost like if you feel grateful you start feeling better <laughs> naturally right because all of us get focused on what we lack. You could have Porsche, but you can still be, oh, but I need Rolls Royce, you know? So even if you have great things in your life, you can still be looking, oh, I would love that. And therefore, as a result, you don't feel as good. And if you don't feel as good, what happens? You will take less action. Because if you feel good, you always make better decisions. You're better boyfriend, better business partner. You're better sales guy. So feeling good is for me, the mantra, it's the cornerstone on everything. I want to make sure that I feel good the vast majority of the day. And I do certain practices to keep it at constant almost. And, and as a result, I will feel better when I express gratitude. Therefore, I take better action. And from your perspective, if you need something, it means you really don't have it. And if you vibrate at a frequency of not having, you will attract less of it. On the other hand, if you're grateful, you feel like all of your needs are met. That's the moment you start to track even more into your life. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, we're both touching on like these really universal principles. And there have been many, many teachers of these kind of practices, both in like the deep hermetic kind of esoteric traditions, but even kind of modern teachers think of like a Tony Robbins or a Joe Dispenza kind of they're all telling these deep truths with a capital T in different ways and and accessing those levels of abundance for themselves and helping other people do the same. And I think you're in a school and creating a business that's doing very much similar. I'm doing the same. And, and I think I'm curious, what is your practice? Who were some of those figures for you initially that like started kind of teaching you the ways? And then who now are you going back to and continually learning from? Um, whether it be in-person mentors or even kind of like what are the books that you're now reading into to kind of continue to reaffirm these practices like you said there's the kind of that forgetting aspect 100 percent. i'm always focused on mastery you know there is thousands of great people you could follow there is hundreds of podcasts you could listen to but some of them make you more confused 
because one guy tells you a the other guy tells you opposite and almost you're like okay what should i do now and so i decided at the beginning to commit to only two people first was tony robbins when i started i got certified by him so i'm certified coach by tony and second was joe dispenza i attended six of his seminars i spoke on his stage and this was my second teacher and these were definitely the most biggest guys i've learned from and these are the guys that i'm finding the middle way where to where tony is more let's let's take massive action right as he would say and then you have joe who is more meditation and i'm just finding the middle way how to connect these two together because i'm the action guy i love action i love energy i just love being this guy who goes after his goals and i also like meditation i meditate every day minimum one hour so I'm finding the middle way. And lately, I haven't read many books, honestly. What I now do, I just go into meditation and usually the answers come to me. A lot of the frameworks I'm using, people ask, where did you read it? I said, nowhere. <laughs> because I, for example, spent seven days in darkness, complete darkness with no food. And as a result, there are so many downloads, so many insights. And that's usually now the way I study that I just have a problem. I have maybe a coaching student I want to help and I go into meditation and that's how I get the answers. I love that. It's it's exciting to hear that kind of thing because I do think that it's an affirmation that there is high level information and kind of collective intelligence that we can tap into that is it's outside of ourselves when we're not tuned into it, but it become comes internal when we have that ability to tune in. Uh, I, I do want to say, I mean, like in, in an hour of meditation, I'm curious on the very practical level, what do you break that into? Is that one larger session? Um, and what is kind of your general practice? Is it a Dispenza-esque kind of breathwork se session? Like what does that actually look like? Yeah, great question. So first, again, to make it super practical, I always tell people is you don't need to meditate hours. I just like to go. I just like to walk the path so I can bring the fruits to my students and they can get it faster. So I recommend people to meditate 15 minutes only if we spoke about the practical aspects, even if you just calm your mind, because the mind is racing from the get go. This is what I need to do. This is what I didn't do. What about the paycheck over there? And the mind is racing and Every time you have a thought, it's taking energy, right? So if you have thousands of thoughts jumping from one thing to another, that's why most people are tired all the time. So if you just silence your mind for the 15 minutes in the morning, that will benefit you greatly. You will focus better. You will be less distracted. You will make better decisions. And this is more practical. But then we can speak that you can introduce some gratitude. Uh, and as a result, you can, again, use the law of vibrational law of attraction, so to speak. And for me, the hour one is in one sitting. And I like to play with it, Zach. Sometimes I do just proper focusing on the breath and I just try to go deep. You know, I just try to go as deep as I can be as present as possible. Sometimes I am visualizing things, maybe the, the life I'm, I want to create or the impact I want to have. That's a second way. Sometimes I just spend it in gratitude. So I'm just having few different ones. Uh, I'm doing for my students like recorded ones that are usually 15 minutes. That's where I see most people can go through it and everybody has 15 minutes. And I always tell people, you don't, you, most people don't have enough time to think, you know, they're, they have two minutes extra. They just jump on their phone. They have additional 30 minutes. They watch Netflix. Like there is very rarely a time when a person spent time with himself thinking about what do I want to create? What do I want from this life? Am I happy? You know, all of these great, great questions. And that's why I tell people you need to find time for yourself, you know, because there is no more important person than you. Yes. I mean, it's a complete affirmation of everything that I do. I mean, the slogan of my business in my company is be the renaissance. And it's kind of this idea that you're internalizing the movement that you want to see in the world. I think we're all kind of feeling, experiencing this change of tide, especially younger people our age, like 
there's this raising of consciousness. People are starting to realize that like a lot of these systems that have been in place are kind of fundamentally broken. And I don't want to live that way. Maybe it could be different this way. You know, the world is the world is X and I want it to be Y, but mm -hmm. I place so much emphasis on that internal experience because the truth is like whatever's going on out there is only ever going to be experienced through you. And so you have to make, you know, the garden of Eden within yourself. Like you have to access that internal paradise and it takes that internal work. It takes spending time to get to know yourself. I think for, literally from the time we're tiny, we're thrown in school and then there's just inputs. It's coming in from that time. And now that we're in the information age, it's it's not even a teacher that's doing it. It's our phone that's just always in our hand. So taking that time to be intentional. I am curious as like someone who's an output person, right? Like you're doing work, you're now into entering into like creating your own content, working with clients. How do you... How often are you on your phone and how do you personally manage the inputs that are coming into your mind? Yeah, great question. I have two phones. So until 12 p.m., I don't touch my main phone. So on my phone until 12 p.m., I have only meditation and alarm clock. That's it. My main phone is in different room and only three people can call me, which is basically my family, my girlfriend and my right hand man in the company, if there is something urgent. But I, if I wake up 5.30, I start my day at 7, I have five hours of undisturbed hours, and I guarantee that I can produce more in five hours than most people in a whole week, because they are jumping from one app to another app, from email to LinkedIn to Instagram to Snapchat, whatever it is. So for me, the biggest thing is just not being on my phone, not having notifications on. And until 12, I don't go on my phone. And then throughout the day, I I rarely check it, honestly. Like for me, phone is something that is a great tool to impact people, but it's great addiction too. So I use it very, very rarely. I use it mostly to capture memories and to post, but usually the posting is now done, done by my team. So yeah. I rarely use my phone nowadays. What would you say to someone who is earlier in their maybe business positioning and they don't have the team to outsource? Cause I think about even myself, right? Like I have to kind of ride this line of like being present online so that I can put myself out there and grow my audience and expose myself to the world. Um, you know, share my thoughts, share content that's helpful, et cetera, but also not at the detriment of being productive, but also being present with myself and not losing kind of that sense of self, get those downloads from the, from the, the source or whatever. Um, so what would you say to somebody who's kind of earlier? Yeah. Two things. First batch it, you know, if you notice people who are busy and effective, they post six stories on Instagram, but they were posted in the same minute. If you look at somebody who is wasting a lot of their time, you will see gaps between their posts. That just means that they log in, post, log in, post, log in, post, right? Ineffective, batch it. If you are doing Instagram outreach, then do it in a batch and leave. And maybe do two of these batches a day. You are scheduling your posts, post it once a week, and just have it ready for the whole week scheduled. So find a way to batch things. You don't want to go in, go out, go in, go out. You know, I check my email twice a day. I do first check and then before finishing my day just to make sure that everybody gets answered. But at the same time, I'm not instantly replying to everyone. So batching is a great thing. And second is something I call check-ins. So I don't work five hours straight or in the afternoon. I do 45 minute blocks. So I do 45 minutes, headphones on, usually binaural beats or alpha music for better focus. And then I take 10 minute break. During the 10 minute break, I stretch, maybe I refill my water. And then I do three minute check-in because a lot of people meditate in the morning or have morning routine. They feel amazing. Let's crush the day. And then the energy kind of goes, goes. They start being more on autopilot, going more and more on their social media, feeling more and more discouraged. So what happens? I have morning meditation, feel like a champ. And then maybe the energy start dropping 
I do three minute check-in. That could be small meditation, small breathing exercise, small yoga, small walk, going on my balcony and just looking over the nature, whatever it is. But I have at least five of these check-ins every single day to keep my energy at constant. You know, even now it's in Europe, it's close to 8 p.m., but I'm just energized because before this podcast, I would sit down, I would do three minutes of just small meditation, then I will do few affirmations with power, explosiveness, and now I'm ready to rock and roll. So this is what keeps my energy high and this is what keeps my presence high so I don't get caught up in just on autopilot doing something. Yeah, no, that that's really excellent. I I think batching cannot be overstated. I I learned that a lot when I was in university, um, by proxy of just being extremely pushed by my program. Um, so that was one of the cooler, one of the few things I feel like I effectively took from university was that skill. Um, and it parlays well into entrepreneurship. I think to play devil's advocate for anyone listening, not that there are many skeptics in the audience. I'm sure there's many people that are interested in hearing from your audience, and then those that are coming from mine as well. Um, I'm sure there are some people though that are saying, all right, dude, like good for you that you're super optimized. You're waking up at 530, doing the breath work, doing the meditation. You've got it batch. You've got two phones, the business, blah, blah, blah. But like, what about quote unquote us normal people? And do you feel like, how do you balance personally still living a normal life, not being over optimized, I guess, kind of over indexing towards the maybe neurotic um and what is like your leisure look like obviously I, there's a tremendous amount of fulfillment from succeeding in business helping the people you work with and that's one of the probably biggest deltas between people that aren't in this kind of space and people that are is that like there is actually a ton of fulfillment in the work that you're doing so you do get your cup filled that way but i'm curious like what does it look like when you are just chilling like what is that or do you even have those times hundred percent. Why I optimize my life is I can do more in five hours than most people in a week. Normal people to me are extremely ineffective and they're wasting their life because what could take them a day took them a week. So what took them seven years took me one year. This is why I go very, very fast. And again, I don't spend most of my time or the whole day in the business. I usually finish five, six. You know, Thursdays, Thursdays are my Sundays. On Thursday, I can do anything. I want to go on trip, I go on trip. I want to go sauna, I go sauna. I want to work the whole day, I will work the whole day. I have this freedom. Last year, I traveled, I think, 15 countries. I took 22 flights. Um, So I have tremendous, tremendous freedom just because I'm extremely effective. So to me is like how most people operate is just not effective. And as I said, they are wasting their life away because I build my business to a hundred thousand dollars a year by working three, four hours a day. The average guy spends four to five hours on their phone. So I tell people, you can be the guy scrolling his life away, liking other people's lifestyles or you can build your own lifestyle that people are going to like. The choice is in you. And I am always want to choose what is to me the best, which in this case is I want to be the guy who doesn't know the affairs, who doesn't know the news, who doesn't know the politics, but he's living his dream life. That's to me important. So I tell people your dream isn't on your phone. You're just wasting it away. I completely agree. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard pill to swallow. I think maybe for people like, I, I like that you stated it very directly and, um, it, it I, I don't know, it's, it's definitely a call to action, right? Like if you're someone sitting there listening to this and you've spent thus far into the day, whenever you're hearing this unproductively scrolling, liking maybe Vash's posts or whatever, um, it's definitely one of those things that is that, that Kickstarter, um, I guess uh, a good question to ask maybe would be what are some first steps for somebody who feels reg- relatively directionless? They're, they feel this maybe deeper internal calling, but they want to step into more. What would you recommend to them directly? Yes. So 
the first principle for me is always having a vision. If you open Google Maps, what is the first thing it asks you where you want to go? Otherwise, you have no idea where you should go. Should you turn right? Should you go straight? Should you turn left or turn around? So if you don't have a vision for your life, you don't know what to do. So sit down and no, don't spend five minutes because you might be chasing your vision a few years. So don't spend five minutes. Don't do something that you saw on Instagram. Oh, this guy has a private jet, so I want to have private jet. No, what do you truly want? What makes you super happy? And all of us are different. I have three businesses. Maybe you want to be employed in great company. Maybe you want to be staying home mom. I don't know. But what is your vision? What would put smile on your face? If you truly know that you can create anything, and I mean anything in your life, what would you like? That's the first step, having a vision. Second is what is your reason to get there? Because you could say, I want Lamborghini. Got it. Most people want it. <laughs> you know, a lot of people want it, but very few get it because the stronger your reason why you will never give up the smaller the obstacles. Because if there is obstacle, you will go through, you will go around it, you will go under it. Doesn't matter. You know, if I had gone to your head, today you need to get certain goal or next week, you will find a way because you have strong reason why. So second principle is strong reason why. Then third step is three actions. What are three things you could do every single day, the next 90 days that will get you closer to your goal? You know, and the best thing, if you don't know where to start, is learn skills that are highly valued in today's society. If your vision has something to do with monetary goals, you know, sales, incredible. I have people in my company and other companies who are easily making $10,000, $20,000 just from commission, and they learn incredible skill. You can learn coding. You know, you can learn marketing, copywriting. What is it? a skill that you would enjoy and that is highly valued, you know, and start there, start studying it. And as I said, get a free clients or get a something that you can practice every single day this. And this is like how I would start. So vision, why I want it and what are three things I can do today to get closer to that vision. I love that. It's so, so critical to take that time. It's, and it's funny because I think we have this hesitation to take a pause because for whatever reason, life is kinetic. We're just kind of moving and they're like, well, I don't have time to sit down and answer those questions. It's like, yeah, like you said, if you're going to spend three, four, five years chasing a dream, make sure that it's a dream you care about. Don't optimize for a goal that somebody else told you is cool. Like don't fall into this trap of mimetic, mimetic desire. Um, so critical. And I think taking time to write it out, like I love the process of physically writing things down because it slows the mind down and it stills it on the page. And then when you read it back, you can kind of see how maybe crazy or, or mis misaligned with what you truly feel it was in the first place. So that's something that I incorporate heavily into the guys that I work with. Um, I am curious yeah. though, with all of this stuff, it, you're definitely clearly positioned as definitely a lot of a superstar. I mean, I'm, I'm floored with how kind of like well put together you are. Um, almost feel like I'm out of place having this conversation. Uh, so I am curious, what are you currently, what is something that you're currently struggling with or would like to be better at? Hmm. Yeah, I always look at it again. This is for everybody. A lot of people, the words we use have big impact. You know, the moment you say, oh, I have a problem, right? The problem word immediately puts you down. It's something like, oh man, or I struggle. It's very heavy words. I like to use a challenge or I'm working on improving, you know, so just observe the words we are using is for the listener, because I notice how many people when something positive happens, they said, yeah, that was good. And when something bad happens, they said that was terrible. <laughs> so I want to reverse it. So when something good happens, I said that was magnificent. That was amazing. I want to make it bigger because the words have some emotions, emotions again, associated with them. The same is like you can say, oh, that was terrible. Or you can see that was inconvenient, you know. 
so recently car crashed into me i was like hmm, that's inconvenient <laughs> right and i could easily resolve it i didn't ruin my day as most people's day weeks or months would be ruined by that i just said that was that's inconvenient but nobody got hurt so always good man so what i currently work on or improving is really the the ways to get people's transformation faster you know because when i started two years ago coaching people it might take me a week to get to them kind of understand what would help them the most or kind of what are the triggers that would help them change then it shortened to five days three days one day and so i'm always obsessed it's like okay how can i get get them faster because i'm so obsessed with helping people because i know that all of us are born for greatness, but we have certain patterns that are blocking us, certain behaviors that are slowing us down. So this is something that is always on my mind. How can, how can I just deliver better results? And second challenge that I've been working on past few months was I wasn't putting myself out there. You know, a lot of people who are kind of, let's say, having programs or coachings, they're mostly having posting everything kind of online and then the program suck right <laughs> we have it the opposite we have insanely good program but again nobody know about us in a way i wasn't posting much i was very keeping it to myself you know most i bought my dream car and nobody knew until somebody leaked a photo you know so it was almost i was holding it back because i thought oh i don't want to be that guy you know just, just post that but I realized that the more I post it actually, I thought it will make people feel worse. Like almost like, oh, they would start comparing themselves to me. But then my friend offered me kind of different perspective. He said, what if you inspire people instead? And that was a small reframe that made a big difference. So I kind of now work on putting myself more out there, whether it's on podcasts or sharing a little bit of my lifestyle as well, or what I'm working on. So people can relate and they can also kind of get inspired what's possible. Because I tell people if I could do it, like if you saw my photo three years ago, glasses, Uber Eats bag, super insecure, couldn't speak English. And now just this guy, like anybody can change. Anybody can do it. I didn't have money from my parents. I didn't have some jump start. And if I could do it, you can do it too. So this would be a few challenges I'm now working on. Yeah, that's that's super powerful. And I have had some of those same kind of limiting beliefs uh, initially, kind of that imposter syndrome almost like, do do who am I to start posting? Am I kind of being a poser? Is it? you know, all of these things that run through your head that mm -hmm. kind of keep you from clicking post on that first thing or upload on that first podcast. But the world that's behind that first action is so unbelievable. Um, and I'm sure like you can probably attest to it when you were doing those days of outreach to your clients for your agency, the hardest one was the first one to send. But once it was like, all right, I'm doing 10 a day or I'm doing 30 a day or I'm doing a hundred a day. It's just a hundred a day. It's part of the routine. Um, but that first yes. step is paradoxically yes. so, so hard. 100%. And what helped me the most for anyone struggling with truly any action you have resistant towards, what is the best is really finding a way to reframe it. You know, so for me, first was with each video, I'm getting better. So already with that, I wasn't like afraid. What if the video is good or bad? I wasn't kind of overthinking what if nobody watches that I was just like each video makes me better that already got me more excited to do it already it lowered kind of the pressure and next one I realized okay Vaj, let's just say you achieve the goal by day 90 which is the time frame you put it for yourself you send 900 videos so if you divide it each video is making you more than ten dollars so now it wasn't a recording, a just video that nobody is going to watch. It was, I'm making 10 bucks. I'm making 10 bucks. I'm making 10 bucks. If I send 10, that means I made a hundred bucks a day. So almost like finding a reframe and I find it for anything. You know, when I had to do accounting before I had my accountant, I was like, 
maybe this is the last accounting one I have to do before I will just hand it to somebody else, you know? So I'm finding always reframes to enjoy the task because again, coming back to the importance of words, a lot of people say, oh, I have to go to the gym today. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can choose never go to the gym. You're choosing to go there. You're excited to go there, right? Or say, oh, I have a client call. No, <laughs> you decided to do it. That sometimes we think we are in a prison, but we have complete control. You could shut down your businesses, Zach, and you could just fly to Colombia and just live in the mountains. So I tell people, look at the words and instead of saying I have to or I must, start saying maybe I'm choosing to, I'm excited to, I got to. Because that will change how you feel about the task. And when you feel better about the task, you will put more effort. Because if I had to record video from a state of, oh my goodness, let me record it. The clients would very likely never buy. Because they would feel the energy is off. They would feel like he doesn't even want to record the video. But if I was like, this video is making me 10 bucks. I'm like, hey, Mr. Kwan, how's it going? I was much better energy. Therefore, I got mo much more clients. And ultimately, I got to my goal. Yeah, it's so huge. And I actually, I wrote a number of posts about it. I have one kind of pinned on my profile about the power of words. It can't be understated. And I, I love word play and writing and speaking it's kind of something that i want to spend my entire life working on and, and working towards mastery i think the podcast has been an excellent venue to just kind of very passively practice right like we're just having a conversation but me forcing my mind to figure out how to communicate most effectively to you and then receive what you're saying and kind of synthesize and repeat um i've noticed even like I said, passively just getting better and better and better, whether it's mm -hmm. practicing sales pitches in the mirror, just talking with your friends at the dinner table, that communication is so powerful. And then that internal dialogue of how we talk to ourselves, the words that we use about ourselves, about the world, the post I wrote basically was talking about how, um, and you touched on the programming from when we're really little, you know, if I were to say out a phrase to you or describe a day with weather, and I would say things like rain, cold, sleet, snow, uh, fog, immediately in your body, you're starting to feel these things that are maybe negative, right? Like you're thinking, oh, it's kind of a crappy weather or a bad day outside. Mm -hmm. But the only reason that that is so is because we were told when it's little, you know, it starts raining, your parents like, oh, it's gross outside today, or it's a bad day, the weather is bad. But the truth is the weather is just different. It is just a different day. It brings you different blessings. It means that you get to stay inside that day and be productive and focus on your business so that when it is sunny, you can go out and spend the time outside. Um, and that's a very simple example, but like you kind of touched on um, so much power about the words that we use to describe really everything going on, but it can't be overstated how we talk to ourselves about the things that we're doing, but even how we see ourselves in the mirror, like analyzing what are the words that come to mind when you see yourself in the mirror? I think one thing we haven't touched on is that kind of physical level of mastery. I can tell you're like in good shape. So I'm curious, was that always something that you had? Did you grow up playing sports? And then how has that developed into your current routine? Um, was that part of your transformation, I guess, into the successful man I see before me? Yeah, I would say I always played sports, but not at a super high level. Uh, I started kind of playing with going to gym when I was at the university or college. And then I just developed my own routine. I was like, I want to live heavy. That's what I want to do, but I want to keep it effective. So I exercise three times a week for 50 minutes uh, in the gym. And I decided because I, I have my usual, my stand up desk, so I stand or sit, but still it's not the best for a longevity or just for, for the posture. So I decided to do yoga every day, 15 minutes in the morning, maybe once a week, I will do longer, but I'm just always again, optimizing because I know some people go six times to the gym. They spend their two hours because they are chatting, they are checking their phone in between sets. And again, they don't look very muscular. So I always tell people, okay, let's, Let's make it effective. Okay, maybe you find gym as a social event and you go there with friends and you want to chat. That's okay. But if you just go there to complete the exercise and you spend there two hours, even though you could spend there 15 minutes, then again, 
I gain hour, 10 minutes that I could spend with my girlfriend, with my loved ones, with my friends. Um, so yeah, that's currently my routine. Definitely has impact because if, I, if somebody sleeps better, of course you will, you will op operate better hundred thousand percent, but some people, some people obsess so much about the diet and they're always like, Oh, I'm vegan. I'm this man. I would never eat that. And then they spend two hours a day in stress. <laughs> I tell them you probably kill yourself more by the stress than by eating your green salads. So I tell people is okay, first, let's minimize, eliminate the stress because that's the number one killer nowadays. Okay, once you eliminate then play with your diet, but almost like don't get too hang up on the diet because then people stress about the diet. <laughs> they go traveling and they say, oh, oh my goodness, they don't have my salad. What I'm going to do <laughs> now they're stressing and they probably lost more energy, lost more vitality just by putting their body into stress mode. So yeah, so I eat only three times a day. I skip breakfast. I have lunch at 12. I have a shake around 3 p.m. And at seven, I usually finish the day with steak. Um, so I keep it simple. As you can see, I keep it simple because in simplicity, there is power. And again, my, some people might say, oh, you are like a robot. And, and if you really look deeper, you would say, I like on Sunday having brunch or having nice pancakes with my girlfriend. I enjoy, you know, going, just having fun, playing laser game. You know, I love fun. I love these things. So I'm very playful. I don't want to be like a robot. I just want to have certain areas optimized. So I enjoy them. I spend only the necessary time there and I get as much benefit for as little time as possible. I think it's a really balanced perspective and I definitely can empathize with the over indexing uh, with both diet and training because that was kind of like my, my foray into self development initially, just trying to overcome insecurities about my body, like as a young kid. Uh, so you learn about training and then nutrition's the next step. And then, oh, when I dial this knob on calories or whatever it may be, I get this result. So it's really fascinating to me. The human body is super fascinating, but it does become a point where over focusing and fixating almost to like, orthorexia, it can be really, really bad. So I, I've, I've lived this uh, very interesting path with, with food. And I think mm. I land now a hundred percent where like, I don't track my calories. I just listen to my body. That intuition can't be overstated. And it's another way to sharpen that connection between your mind and your body, just listening to that intuition, um, which parlays into so many other things. Like when you're tired, you sleep. If you have energy, stay up and work. Um, it doesn't have to be kind of hyper rigid. Um, so I, I like that a lot. I guess one thing is with the success that you've had for yourself so far, where do you want to take it? What are you excited towards working towards? What's the next big thing for you? And then what do you think about or want your legacy to be long, long term? Like, what do you want to mm -hmm. walk away with? Mm hmm. So again, coming back to the vision, I said very important component and I heard certain people or books like do five, 10 year vision. And I, I told these people, like, if I saw it three years ago, my 10 year vision, it would be nowhere near the life I have today. You know, the vision would be even smaller than the life I live today, because back then I was operating from very different mindset from a very different perspective. So that's why I don't like to set these huge goals. And when somebody tell me, when do you see yourself in five, 10 years? I'm almost like, I will be in a great place, but I, I will go much bigger than what I would tell you today. And so that's why I usually have vision maximum for the year. So I have vision for end of 2023 and I have more like intentions. And my intention for this year is to go big on kind of putting myself out there, whether it's podcast, social media, TikToks, all of these things, just getting as much traction as possible because I know my message is powerful and I know I can help loads of people. So that's my intention for this year is to grow my following, we could say, to grow the people I impact and just getting so good at coaching people 
transforming people uh, to help them just live their best life. And lastly is to always connect more and more with myself, whether it's opening my heart. So I'm more loving, more joyous, more energized. And these are my intention. And I just want to be remembered as the guy who walked the path, the guy who set the example, the guy that whatever he said he did, you know, and I just want people to, to look at me if that was the case and just said, okay, he said this, he did it, or man, this is the man that I want to be, or we should have more men like him, a man who provides a man who has great shape, great relationships, great, great financial abundance, great impact. And that's the legacy I would be remembered for. I love that answer. And it parlays well. And I imagine you'll can kind of even just point back to that answer as the answer for this next question. But I have these th kind of three closer questions I always ask on the podcast. And the first is, uh, in your eyes, what defines being a man? Mm. And so yeah, I imagine be, much of what you just said. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I said is I believe man should 100% provide, 100% protect. He should be in great shape, I believe. He should be mastering all areas of his life. You know, because I see a lot of men who have big financial abundance, but they're in, in bad shape or they have terrible relationships. They shout at waiter in a restaurant. That's not good. That's not a man to me. And at the same time, men should be compassionate. Men should be able to just be loving. You know, I love these men who are big or strong, on, but within they're just loving. But if a danger happened, they would fight in a way, right? But if they're with their lady, with their friends, with their children, they're just super loving. And that's to me a man. I love that answer. Secondly, if you could go back to a younger version of yourself and tell him one thing, what would that be? I will tell him this, Vash. You will achieve everything you want and much, much more. So all the fears are irrational. And lastly, the people you worry about what they will think of you, they don't care and you shouldn't either. So just, I was stopped or limited by obsessing what other people will think of me and that slowed me down. So that would be the advice I would give myself is just, yeah, you're, you play your own game. So play it well. Love it. And then lastly, I'm a big, like we've talked about words, uh, big on quotes and reading. So I'm curious, what is one quote that's always stuck with you or that you try to live by? Mm. Yeah, there are, there are many, many very good ones. I would butcher this one, but this comes down to the vision, which is basically the ones who can hear the music consider the ones dancing crazy. What do I mean by that? If I told you my vision, a lot of people say I'm crazy until I pull it off. Why? Because they don't know, they don't have my mindset. They don't have my experiences. They don't have my evidence. So that would be hundred percent the first one. And second quote, I would say is from, if I'm not mistaken, Carl Jung, until you make the subconscious conscious, it will govern your life and you will call it faith. So until you brought to the surface, the subconscious patterns, it will run your life. It will make the decisions for you. And you will think that you're making the decisions, but very likely some five-year-old version of you is making the decisions. Amazing. I, I love both of those. Definitely so much wisdom encapsulated in each. Uh, I will have to add them to the list, but Vash, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you've got a few things lined up for this evening for yourself, but I'm so grateful for your time. I hope that everyone who listened is inspired. I mean, you talked about energy and kind of putting it into yourself. And I think it's definitely felt through the the call here over over Zoom. So I feel it on my end. I hope that the those listeners are just energized at minimum and, and are ready to go do something great and come parlay that into something productive. I definitely have things to take into my life and absorb. I hope that we can continue this kind of dialogue in the, into the future, whether that be a second podcast or just 
um, you know, going back and forth on the things that we're working on. I'm excited to see where you take things and likewise share the journey alongside you. Um, where can people find you and what are you working on right now? Yeah. First of all, thank you, Zach, for the platform, for your time and for amazing questions. So if you, anybody has any questions, I'm a very approachable guy. So just go to my Instagram, Vash, V-A-S-H underscore Tomanek, T-O-M-A-N-E-C. It will be very likely in the description. There you can send me a message. I will be more than happy to answer them. And if you want to find out more about what we teach, then just go to my entrepreneur. That's mindset and entrepreneur together dot com and there you will find out more and that's basically where i'm focusing my energy right now awesome i'll make sure to have all your links in the description of the show notes as well as the description on youtube um, for those that are interested in what i'm working on here you can follow along obviously you're listening either on spotify apple or youtube so you can follow on those platforms for more podcasting and other types of content i plan to put out in the future you can follow myself at z-d-s-t-h-e-n-k-e-n on instagram and twitter as well as at vitruvian gentleman on instagram thank you so much for spending your time and attention with myself and vash today they are your most valuable resources Memento Mori, and I will catch you on the next episode of the Vitruvian Man podcast. And if he fails, at least fails while daring great, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat.